one. All right, Terry Keating, George Flutus, great to have you guys here. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for thank having you, me. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Yeah, so so not not too long of a, of a travel to get here. Uh, you guys, no, it was relatively painless today. Yeah. yeah, we're out in the west suburbs here yeah. you know, of mm-hmm. Chicago. About a half hour to get out. Yeah, yeah, and um, I know both you guys from kind of separate you you've been coming to the shop forever and then terry probably the drum show yeah, the drum the show i met you, you. Yeah, but yeah show. i'll ask you some questions but why don't we start with you terry so um the <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself and then I, you're a ludwig expert you've got really great videos on youtube well and, you know what the thing is i think i when i used to go on the chat rooms of years ago i was just always kind of know-it-all-y about it like i'd always talk like sure. I, knew I was talking <laughs> about when it turned out a lot of it it was accurate but yeah yeah i i'm just because over the years i used to collect and go out what and are some of the forums you like vintage drums forum maybe there was the harry kangany one okay cool and then it became uh, we were talking about that my last drums uh, just drum with, forum uh, rob right cook <laughs> but i, I like yeah. vintage drum form i think i know the guy that that operates that cool cool maybe that one yeah it was a little I think he's a local guy possibly i still go on there sometimes to try and figure out really esoteric well is it, <laughs> like what is this for what piece is this yeah plus two isn't there a link maybe to the song you ever seen the sonar museum website no. So if you, if you have any questions about Sonar, you can go oh, on and, like, okay. all the the badges that you. No, it's a great resource stuff. though. But yeah, quick, you... quick background though is that Bonzolium. <laughs> it's Bonzolium. All the people work off... together on this, and that's and Bonomology. George... Well, yeah. he okay. yeah he got me started with the YouTube channel. He was the yeah. one who kind of goaded me to start my own channel, which awesome became George, Bonomology. Yeah. And I get twenty percent of everything. But you get yeah. <laughs> I see these videos all the time. Yeah, you guys are great. And yeah, George, you you play in a lot of different styles. Like I I had really only seen you do jazz stuff before I, I saw these and yeah man it's really great oh yeah yeah, yeah. so so Derek maybe how, how did you get so into just John Bonham and like like all that uh well you know it's so about, funny yeah you know, it, where it's you from you know? well I grew <laughs> up in Oak Park Illinois nice and uh <laughs> a lot of time in, there. in our house we had monkeys vinyl and then uh beetles and um whoever this you know a couple like singles like yeah. seasons in the sun, but you know, and uh, we had that Elton right. John, yeah, sure. But then about 77 or 78 rolled around, maybe a little later than that, 79. And uh, my brother had the song remains the same. And I remember, like, you know, I want to hear Stairway to Heaven, so I just, you know, picked up the record, took it out, didn't realize it was even the live version. Sure. Put it on, I'm like, what the hell is this, you know, and then I got used to it. And then I'd always <laughs> hear the end of the song right before it, which is no quarter. Yeah, the masterpiece of the song remains the same. The original edit, right, or the original cut, yeah, just go that that got me. The way Bonham played there, the way you know it, it sounded, you know, Jimmy Page is playing his guitar like a sax solo, kind of sure. like a horn solo, which it, it's just ass kicking. That got me into Zeppelin. That's that awesome, man. <laughs> literally just pulled me right out of the. We have that in common because my dad took me to see the song remains the same in '77, and I was probably 10 or 11 i think i had just turned 11 and i was mesmerized mesmerized by the whole movie but especially by no quarter yeah so when i got home when we you know got back home i was like i gotta find this song i gotta find what record that song no quarter is on so i went through my actually it was my my dad's sister my my aunt's collection and found the name of the song on houses of the holy 
And then I just yeah. played it that night like a bunch of times. Oh, and, and then you heard the piano solo, and you're like, yeah. what the hell is that? Well, and that? it was so different, but yeah, it was so still, different. you know, that mood of the yeah, song. And totally. But, but that's funny, because that's what hooked me, too. Right, yeah. Seeing the song remains the same. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, George, when you were when you were learning drums, because I just, I know you from the jazz end of things, was your family, uh, like, you were talking about your dad. Were they musicians? My dad played drums. Oh, your dad's drums? Yeah, okay. as, a, as a hobby, driving. you know. Nice. He, it wasn't his profession. But. Okay, great. Yeah, that's awesome. But, and was he? He was probably not into the bottom stuff as much, but maybe a little bit. Was, was he a more little. rock guy or more yeah. jazz? Yeah. Well, he yeah. just liked anything that sounded good and had nice. a good groove. You yeah. Know? Right so on, he grew up in the era of you know swing and bebop, and he went to a lot of jazz clubs and heard a lot of the great mu- you know great musicians, great drummers from that era. Was he like, from Chicago area? Yeah, from Chicago. Well, he knew awesome. great music. He was. A, yeah, he was like he you know he was into you know Art Blakey and. Uh, Max Roach and you know all those great drummers from that era and saw them sure. in the 50s he saw Miles Davis he saw Coltrane he saw wow. Sonny Rollins you know wow. he saw Max play live so he transferred a lot of that information and and passion right, right. to me from a very young age so and I you grew got up to know those drummers at a young age Otherwise, yeah I mean I got to hear them live and I also got to hear the records on a you know everyday basis he was right. playing playing that music so I kind of grew up with that and then the Zeppelin thing was just a result of his sort of musical curiosity sure he was he was into lots of different types of music right right and And at that time Zeppelin was around it was a band oh yeah like making records still and yeah it was it was early 70s you guys have been to a couple shows probably you've uh, you got any cool stories (laughs) to Zeppelin shows yeah Zeppelin shows oh my god uh, you know it's just I would have been we were just a little too young just a little too young yeah wow that uh, makes it even more I guess romanticized yeah well yeah yeah. 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 for sure no I was all geared up just about all the music I love I never was able to actually see in person yeah 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 well I mean there's so much of it that that I wish I could have seen, but well, thank God know. for the recordings that are out there. Some of that old stuff is just yeah. crazy good. <clears throat> Absolutely, it's, when just when you thought you've heard everything, like Bonham and Page, and the guys just killing it, you'll hear some stuff. You'll be like, oh my God, what was that? You know, that's what I mean? like all great music. I think there's always something new to discover. You know, in uh, well, really, in all great art. You know, you think about like yeah, man, uh, know, mu- music great. is a great activity, and uh, I think. Yeah, it's it's like a never-ending activity. If you go, if you start getting to like a video game system or something, it's there's like an end to it, and a lot less you get out of it. But video, or, uh, you know, music, it's like the never-ending. There's always a new challenge. Yeah, you never beat the game. It's well, well, you're always growing, right? Too. You're growing. Yeah. You're you're learning stuff. And you're like, oh yeah. man, you know, yeah, yeah. both right sides. <laughs> you know, your growth and also your, the what you take in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you teach yeah. a little bit, I think, right, George? I just teach privately. So you a got little, yeah, yeah, in the studio, and then. Terry, what about you? Do you play out a lot? I don't really. I mean, I've seen your channel, and I've. I gotta tell no. you, we'll talk about that later. Though, yeah, yeah. I've learned a lot from your channel, actually. Yeah. Oh but. well, you know the thing is, is I don't have like great technique and stuff. I just whenever I used to, play, I used to hate the thought. I remember when I was younger and I, I first got. I've seen you play though. You sound great, man. <laughs> yeah. well, I appreciate, it, but I have a yeah, lot. Yeah. I, there's a skew to my playing. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I'm just still trying to get my left hand, my hands even. Sure. You know, whenever I hear me doing singles, Every, I, I switched like, to traditional. Ding, 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 ding. I learned match, and I'm still trying to fix that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm still better in match. You know, it's cool. You see Copeland <laughs> always between just the one finger. You ever yeah. see that? He always he played here. Yeah, and he didn't did. he tape tape up a lot? Yeah, too, he put so duct, he could really duct tape on, on his hand yeah. and stuff. And I would never do a rock gig. I, I get, uh, My skin will bleed if I do this the whole oh, time. Oh, Copeland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. that's one of his great 
You got to switch the match. Is how he used to, he's still, or at least back in 07, 08, when they sure. the door, can smack that snare drum. Another Never guy ever. like that was um, LeVon Helm. Yeah. You know, yeah. He played traditional all the time and had such a. Steve Smith. Well, a lot of Does Steve Smith play traditional? I don't know. I think mostly. Both. I think both. maybe he did. Mostly, yeah. I just remember those early 80s videos where he's. No, I yeah, where his left hand is like this. He's one. Yeah, yeah. he. he Backs yeah. up on the stick a little bit for that. Yeah, and if you're, every, yeah. Yeah, it. Yeah, it, if you're not rim-shotting every every backbeat, if you're not rim-shotting every backbeat, it's easier. Yeah, I yeah. I, if you're hitting cheat, the center of the drum, you're not going to... You ever use the cheat where you switch to match and you, to get the perfect rim shot every time you kind of use your leg, the position of where your leg oh, yeah. is? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You can't really do that with traditional. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's a cheat, but it's not like... You know, there's nothing no, wrong it with doing it. Doesn't make yeah. the sound any worse. You might get might welts on your thigh, sure. and, you know, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's worth it. I've got a big the welts are worth that's it. grown yeah. over the years. <laughs> I don't play enough rock to do that ever. Yeah, the I play like jazz I gigs and I don't either. I mean, I just tunes. play it like in my basement when I'm sound. making videos. Yeah, so. you sound like once you do in it a great day. while well, I play I mean, a the, gig. The PFOZ but. that he's doing with these other guys, yeah, that's out of hand. I mean, that's like I wish we could. I wish we could actually play together. It's a virtual band, basically. It's oh, okay. a YouTube channel. Can that's, we, yeah, it's probably up there. So you can so, okay, find you it. It's people. It's called People's bon- Front of Zeppelin. Okay, cool. So yeah. Bonzolium is your channel, Bonzolium and then my what's channel. the one that you do, you're doing? So mine's Bonhamology. Bonhamology. That's okay, devoted cool. to Bonham's drumming. I think and I've the, subscribed to both. But everyone listening, subscribe to these guys. Yeah, yeah, and then and then the one cool that stuff. I do that's like the the Zeppelin, you know long distance virtual cover band is called people's front of zeppelin awesome i'll have to check that out they're, they're, they're that great yet. musicians they're based in different yeah. places so we've we've never actually all met in person so do you play live while no we we build the tracks the leg would we, yeah we put yeah. it yeah there's that's basically <laughs> prohibitive impossible right yeah. Yeah, they, when are they going to come out with that technology? You'd have to pay extra they, for a really fast connection. They can, they probably could been, do it. Yeah, but. I think there are a couple. Well, there are definitely programs that claim your provider to do it. though would have to. Your internet provider would have to have. You yeah, you have to have like real ultra, I guess, high speed. We're almost talking know, about video wired. gaming at this point. <laughs> we need like eleven yeah. K. Second video game analogy in one podcast. <laughs> yeah, I haven't kept up with that technology. I just know a couple years ago when we checked into it, sure. we basically realized there's no way because our guitar player is in Dubrovnik, Croatia. So he's really far. Yeah. I think it works best when you're in a closer proximity. Well, yeah. Plus two. I mean, uh, you need that. That's got to like travel the speed of light, man. You know, yeah. then no can be no buffering. So like what? Bonham is a drummer kind. Of, he's legendary worldwide. I, I imagine. Yeah. The, Bonham. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, the funny thing is, there's a lot of people and a lot of musicians who sometimes will just dismiss Led Zeppelin from a point of view they come up with, where they just they hear the old adages or stories that oh well they, you know they were just the bashers and blah, blah. so sure. people never expose themselves to listening to Zeppelin but if you listen to Zeppelin get into some of their popular songs and then listen to some of these bootlegs or live shows I mean they were like um, in a way they were like jazz the way they come up with live arrangements that yeah. even night to night they still might even mess with yeah. and throw each other they off were, they used to like fool around a little bit but you know they were you wouldn't see that from like other bands improvising in rock and exploring. seldom yeah, yeah. I, I do like the way Bonham tunes his drums, I, and maybe probably earlier I would I would like it a little better just because, well, you know, the truth is I shouldn't even Pardon talk me. about Bonham as if I know anything because I really don't know a lot. I know the sizes that he used. I know the band. I've, I've heard all yeah, the Yeah, but you know what you've heard. I mean, you've heard, you know, you've heard numerous Zeppelin songs, I'm sure, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Well, I'm have you sure. ever, like, going to a bar? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking a beer right now. I've heard yeah, of right. every Zeppelin But, you know, the difference, I think, is there's there's 
there's passive <laughs> listening, I call yeah. it, and um, active or engaged listening. Yeah, right. Sure. You sure. know, so a lot of okay, times, you know, people mean. people might then hear something in a no, bar. Actually. Yeah, yeah. If you sit down and put an album on, like Have you over bought there, the you've got your turntable set up. Yeah. It looks yeah, pretty right, sweet right. over there. Right. That's an that's an old uh, one from a radio station. Yeah. So you <laughs> sit play down that and play yeah. that. Those tubes are probably worth a jillion dollars. Well, I mean, it's actually more cheap. Anytime you sit, even if you put, even if you've got headphones on, you're listening to Spotify or whatever. Sure. You know, if you just quietly really listen to any music, you're going to hear things that you miss if you're not actively listening. Yeah. If you're passively totally, yeah. listening. That is you know. true. I, I, the, I'm, I'm buying a lot of records now and I kind of have a gap in my, in, in my knowledge and, and really, cause I, I spent a lot of time with classical music. I've spent a lot of time with jazz, but mm. classic rock, I guess mm. I, I really like, um, you know, Hendrix. Yeah. And I mean, I really like. There's a lot of like blues stuff that I'm really into, but classic rock is a genre where I mean, yeah, only recently, yeah, I, I bought like a Journey album. <laughs> I was talking about Steve Smith earlier, <laughs> and that that's great. And listening to it when you have the record in it with like some nice speakers when something nothing's distracting, right, you. right, totally and you can different. really focus. On so everything. I really, I I might have one Led Zeppelin record, I think, but yeah, I, I really right. don't. So yeah, tell tell me more, and I'll buy well, a record. Well, yeah. well, but you know the, that was one, the funny thing purchase. back in those days. Like everybody looks. I mean, there is a reality now that we are like old timers in a certain sense. Younger kids see the world <laughs> totally different than we do. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. It's always moving, <laughs> yeah. and that's always going to be the case for us <laughs> yeah. to understand in our yeah. Jobs, yeah. yeah, but um. You know, just with Zeppelin, it was just like um, I really didn't hear a lot of bootleg stuff till much later. Uh, a friend of mine, um, Joe Bruno, who was a drummer himself, big Bonham fan, <laughs> good guy. Um, um, what was I just talking about? You were talking about Joe Bruno. Yeah, Joe Bruno. Joe Bruno oh, yeah. Joe, I'm sorry. <laughs> what Joe did is he gave me a, a vinyl uh, a version of, a, of the Listen to This Eddie. Oh, 1977. You know I mean? So it was really yeah. when you put it on the on the on and the like listening record, to appreciate. You, it would be yeah. live. It was a relative. <laughs> it sounded okay, you know. Yeah. You hear the like the the pops of the record. It was a really really cool sound. Sure. Do you have you a know? record player now? Do you still play vinyls? You know, I don't. <clears throat> We're gonna make vinyl. Ty and I, my buddy Ty and I, are making a record. We're gonna make vinyl. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. I know a place you can go. You only live once, George. Go to Steve. go to Erica Records. They'll do it. They'll do like three hundred for you. Do you know how much that might cost? Uh, the whole process probably around five to ten thousand dollars. Those are the quotes, kind of. <laughs> yeah. gotten, you know, I did it. I did are they like local here. I did it like six years ago. They're in L.A. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll give you yeah. guys one of my. But records, it's good though. product, yeah. right? I mean, oh, nice. it's they they do a good job, right? It's it's they did a they great job with mine. Skimp. I did I did mine. It would be a little less for you, I think, because I I did mine on. It was all recorded on tape. So it's your band. Oh wow! Tell, tell so, me about where you play. Yeah. Well, you, you guys like play bars and stuff. Well, no, he's out in California. This is actually, a virtual project. This is oh, a okay. basically. virtual pro, a virtual product that I have. I see. I was this fella Ty there had contacted me to play drums on his stuff, so he'd send me kind of the drum the tracks without the drums. Sure. I'd play and put the drums on there. Right, right. And then what we did was we decided to kind of make an album from the, like the ground up. So I, you know, played. I have a whole bunch of drum tracks where I go in and I compose <laughs> while I play. Okay. The thing is, I haven't found a, a reliable way to kind of get the sound that I'm singing while I'm playing and not mess up the mix from the room. Like, are you guys doing Zeppelin tunes or are you doing? It's all original stuff. Awesome, man. Yeah, totally original. So we have the fourth song coming out. That's even that's in a little better, while. Yeah. It's nice. It's uh, <laughs> oh yeah, um, it's good stuff. Man. Yeah, he, I, he, 
but but now and Ty in this and band, the vocalist, yeah. The so the, sorry to interrupt. No, the no, vocalist no. is the, is the same guy who sings with People's Front of Zeppelin. Yeah, oh, it's, cool. which is so PFOZ. We, yeah, and that's sort of the so maybe know, in the in a, our connection kind of a, brought us similar together. style yeah. To, yeah, right. to the Zeppelin stuff. But. Yeah, 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 totally. Awesome. It's, it's nice. It's you He's know, a, but, he does a lot of session work in L.A., like a lot of commercial work and contracted work. Right. And he plays keyboards he plays guitar he plays bass oh, yeah. he probably a plays a little fan. drums and he sings right. and he composes so he's he's extremely been, talented he's a pro you know he's been yeah. doing that and for a, a long pro. time if you asked so, me to like write a song in the style of some of these classic rock bands that would be like really really impossible for me just because yeah I'm, just, oh. I'm not familiar with the lore i'm not familiar with the music i'm a little bit you know be it just growing up in this country you're always going to be pretty familiar yeah with i grew more. up in a neighborhood <laughs> where you know hard rock classic rock whatever you want to call it was common that yeah. was that was the common what music. everybody listened i didn't to grow up in a neighborhood where soul music was common people were when and, i was growing you know, up people were listening I, to like nirvana <laughs> that's yeah a, that's well, when did you graduate high school 95 96 uh, the, so world, the world 2000 got, 2000 yeah, yeah. i would say you know the world got a lot smaller after the internet obviously and especially after youtube so if you grew yeah. up in the <laughs> post youtube era you were exposed to a lot of different influences musically sure, you know? sure. um the way the way we grew up and i'm assuming you know you're i had cassette tapes the, i'm i remember yeah, so the cassette era but the way My we grew up purchase. was a lot of it was sharing you know it was sure. this concept well, make a mix of like for someone. Yeah, make a mix for someone or mixtapes right. or turn people you know on to what you were listening to by having them actually come over yeah, and yeah. listen to music together, <laughs> you know. So it's really a different world in that respect. Yeah. One thing I wanted to uh, address was you were saying something about Bonham's popularity and everything. You know, I just take for granted that yeah, he's internationally famous. We're now yeah, I mean, I would say John Bonham yeah. along he's up with there. he's got to be like along in the top with Buddy 10. Rich. Yeah, yeah, along with Buddy Rich and Neil Peart and maybe um, Taylor Hawkins. You know, now especially since he's sure, passed. Yeah. But I mean, those are drummers that are. No, unquestionably internationally f famous. Keith Moon. And historically famous, right. Yeah. Keith Moon, Charlie, yeah, Charlie. Uh, Buddy Late Rich, Gene Krupa, historically, you know. Yeah. But but again, it's becoming a smaller world through social media and that so people are now, a lot a lot of younger musicians are aware <laughs> of who Art Blakey is, let's say. Yeah, yeah. You know. And they've ready or, access to it, any multitude with the, of... With these channels, do you guys ever look at who's watch watching? Those. Because you can look from country to country. Not much. Can, I've done just, it a little bit. Kind of, We've done yeah. it like with yeah. PFOZ. You probably have with yeah, your YouTube channel. Yeah, mine's mostly like United States, Canada, Germany, Ours, ours tells us who's and, into like vintage drums, which is a really yeah. small niche. But, yeah. But, you know, that particular drummer is in a way even a smaller niche. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. And one thing I think we can all agree on is that, uh, that that we all share in common is that I think our audience is about 98% women. Right? <laughs> For sure. That sounds about right. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> uh, it, it's also true, though. Really. I, think, I think about YouTube in particular, I think just... It, mostly men watch it in general so even maybe that may be YouTube but i know like, when it gets down to the specifics of like drumming sure. and a drum related channel <laughs> and then it's even more but that's changing because you know i mean in reality of course there's yeah. a lot of female drummers when, but when you guys were in high school many more so now many more so and now. numerous guys, they're badasses uh do yeah. drums in high school you probably did right? yeah no i, I played drums in those days i, I never played in band i wish I you had. didn't no. no oh at oak park i just assumed you were in the oh, i went to fenwick 
Oh, you went to Fenwick. Yes, but I did oh. not play in the band. Yeah, yeah. I had okay. the drums at where's, home. Like, where's Fenwick? Is that? It's in Oakland. Uh, it's in Oak Park, a block and a half from my house. So okay. I went to my first 10 years of grammar school, a block and a half from the house. And then That's my right, next four years, yeah, my cousins Fenwick. went there. All the people I know went to OPRF. OPRF. Yeah. I worked there for a while. I worked oh. there for a few years. Nice. <laughs> it is not haunted. A lot of people always ask, like, when you worked there late at night, did you see anything? No. Hemingway's ghost wasn't walking the halls. Huh? A land Ray of Crocs. Uh, a land of broad uh, lawns and narrow minds. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what dude oh, Sickle said. Ouch. Yeah, yeah, that's the quote. Not anymore. Where are my though. penny loafers? Where are my penny loafers? Yeah, well, try to think about when. Now it's narrow lawns about, and broad minds. Try to think about when he was living and what he meant. Yeah, in the twenties. And then and then reflect and upon then, the way things are now. And yeah, it's yeah, kind, yeah. kind of. Uh, I went to Lane Tech High School in the city, uh-huh. and I was in the band and orchestra there. That's yeah. a big old high school. That's kind of where I learned how to read music, really. Isn't that like Carl Schurz and, and... Oh, yeah, that was our enemy. Yeah, right. Schurz was the enemy. Yeah. Our rival, I should say. Yeah. But, yeah, Lane Lane's a massive school. It was over 4,000 students when I was I there. grew up out in Wheaton. So, yeah, when did you guys graduate high school? 87. 87? 84. You guys aren't, like, yeah, we're, we're pretty close in age. You guys would be Gen Xers, I guess, right? Yes, we would be kind of, yeah... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I'm never was, quite sure I, about those those boundaries. Well, you would be technically because I've looked on. They don't really I mean that much, but you have to just call it something. Yeah. <laughs> well, you yeah. know what the thing is? I can very much. I can smell a baby boomer a mile away. I'm a boomer. I can tell you yeah. that. But but I'm an old boomer. I'm I'm like you could call me a Gen X because I was born in '85. Oh no, you're talking about uh, you're that you're oh. a, you're a Gen X, not a boomer. I'm technically a bo- uh, uh, millennial, actually. A so. millennial, yeah. So you're you're. Oh, a, did you say you can smell a boomer? A baby boomer, a mile. <laughs> okay, there's, I, a, there's a certain. You know, way. I automatically thought you were gonna say something about millennials. I didn't. I didn't assume you'd go. No, you'd millennials. Go for a, I, I think <laughs> millennials. It, it seems are so annoying. Usually at this so point, many baby boomers <laughs> and about half of the sure. Gen Xers. Yeah. <laughs> But they, I, they have, they don't like. I didn't even like, listen. They don't I see just color. I just, I like plugged in that you were. Well, like <laughs> going we were, for the millennials. 1982. Somebody listening to Zeppelin wouldn't be caught dead listening to Journey. Okay. But now you know in the past 20 years, kids. Oh know, yeah, lines blur. Yeah, the lines blur, blur and they That's don't really true. see color. I mean, they they get along so much better. It's better. God bless it's, them. It's, ultimately, they, I think it's better. I mean, there's a lot I of. I think th- they're you know, hopefully going to save the world if we can make it through the next 10 or 20 years. I have all my faith. What are my kids going to be called? Zoomers. I think they're called Zoomers. Are they Z? Gen Z? Is that? Well, no, I think they're even younger than that because she's five right now so oh, right. Yeah. i can't speak with authority about all those, yeah, I don't think they've even, those distinctions they yeah. yeah they haven't made the word yet for well it. i just you know i think it's <laughs> funny that despite right. the popularity let's say of bonham because we were talking about him and that, sure. that was the, the point i was going to make actually was um i just recently was teaching at a music camp and it was a really great experience and the students were wonderful and they were high school students but in one of the warm-ups, I mentioned something about the YouTube channel, about it being devoted to John Bonham, and I just got a blank stare from from the drum students. I was like, you've heard of John Bonham? And a couple of them <laughs> were like, funny. no. You know? And I, I just really felt old. These are, these are, yeah. I, well, I yeah. really felt, They're that also, was like, okay. You heard of Robert old, Fripp? Yeah. Anybody here remember Robert <laughs> yeah, never, Fripp? Never, oh, forget that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're jazz cats, though, right? So they're, they're the guy. Yeah, but they're, you know, Still, they're young. They're in they high school. Be, they should they're know, not, they're they not like in a jazz bubble. Yeah. They're, they're, they have wide ranging tastes, and I'm sure they like their, you know, contemporary music of, all kinds, but sure. but what I think one or two of them were like, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Well, to you know, them, like, I mean, you gotta remember. I know like, who they are. 1992 yeah. is 30 years ago. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. our kind of heyday. And they're and 16 what, what or is 17. the story of the name of the band Led Zeppelin? Oh, How did it become? Terry, you I've, want to tell that? Well, yeah, there, there, was a, there was a session. Like, wasn't Jeff Beck doing a session? Because uh, they had a different Moon name, right? And John Atwistle and who else were there? Yeah, they did. Well, they had... Um, Every band did, really. Well, <laughs> they, before Zeppelin even formed, it, 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 Keith Moon said, they were talking about a project. If they said, all of us doing this session with... Um, yeah, we should do... We should do a, make a record like this. And right, Keith right. Moon supposedly said, or... John Atwistle said they came. Well, they sort of argued about a little. Yeah, they the, all would go down like a. The Led jury Zeppelin is deal. out, right, on yeah. who who yeah. said it, but yeah, the, yeah go, it'll like go down flame. like a lead. Was it you know, was like it a, a critic? It's an expression. It was a critic you know. that was saying this. No, no, no Keith. It was, Keith it was either Keith Moon or John oh, Atwistle. Okay, <laughs> that's the at least that's the that's the folklore story. They were he was saying it about them, like we're gonna yeah, like this is gonna go down like a Led Zeppelin. You know. I don't know if they actually it. said we should name it Led Zeppelin, yeah. but the expression... Supposedly Jimmy Page remembered it or somebody yeah. remembered it. Do people use that expression much anymore? Well, I, if they I, did, I'm I sure feel like it's an older... It's probably well, a Brit, no, more of a British... No, did, because in World War I, there was these horrible Zeppelins everywhere. But right, but I mean like... I mean now. Oh, you don't hear that expression much oh, now. Oh, God, no. Well, because Led Zeppelin is totally And here they would say a Led blimp. It's hijacked any... Yeah. Other connotation. And so they removed when Jim. That must have stuck in Jimmy's mind, obviously... That's just like, oh, but you know, the, I, I like the, uh, but you know, Iron Butterfly. I like the facetiousness. Came, Iron Butterfly so. came first. Iron Butterfly. A lot of people think that all oh, like Iron Butterfly it was the other way around. So they might have inspired Zeppelin to do Led Zeppelin. You never know. They saw it from. A, I've remember, heard of was, Iron Butterfly, but I don't know any of their songs. What's believe that, that in Gotta Davida song. I think Page. I, song. <laughs> I think Page is 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 a sponge for, you know, just all kinds of things, music and expressions and ideas. Right. And he that, that must have stuck with him, like the irony. Is it in the Garden of Eden? Is that what he was trying to say? Yeah. He was yeah. too I wasted or something? So. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. He's from Manhattan. Yeah. Oh. Well, so Peter Grant, the manager, supposedly suggested they take the A out okay. of lead because people will think it's lead. Yeah, Zeppelin. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So it was going to be LED. So hence the, the LED. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the people think of the Hindenburg when they think of uh, Zeppelin. It's on oh, the cover of the that humanity. First record. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's on, it's on the record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you ever get a chance to listen to that recording, it's Herb Morrison. I think he's with CBS. Yeah. Listen to it slow down a little bit because all that old stuff makes their voice sound artificially high. Is that the one to oh. get if you're going to get one record from them for, for those listening? Mm. Oh, that's a hard because it's actually for me too because I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy one of their records after this. I would <laughs> four. I would say four. four. I'd say four. I mean, four is the best okay. selling record y of, of theirs by have, far. You have Stairway to Heaven. You have Misty Mountain Hop. You have uh, When the Levee when breaks, the breaks. Rock and Roll. Black and Dog. Roll, yeah, it's the, yeah it's the most iconic with the most hits. I, you, I also really like it. ACDC. You guys like ACDC? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We often hear about ACDC. I, 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 I listen to a lot of punk music when I was. So I do have that. That's more what I was doing. Like Black school. Flag kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, did you did you like Meat Puppets and those guys? Meat like <laughs> Seattle scene or what's the, what's that? There, there's one. Uh, well, weren't they like real influential in Nirvana? Like, you know, did you like Nirvana when you were? Oh, they, they yeah. was. Uh, what's his, um, Dave Grohl? God love him. Was in Scream. Which was kind of a punk band. And the, this was like when I was in high school. I kind of liked all of this. It was just like whatever. Someone, oh, it's cool. It's new. I'll, I'll, I'll like it. Right. Before that, I was really just doing classical stuff and a little bit of jazz. And then, and then, uh, yeah. How'd your pop feel about punk when you were in your punk phase? He didn't like a lot of the bands. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine he did. I, I really, I really liked the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that's an interesting band, yeah, because it, it's you know, yeah, the I, I really like the music, but it's a vocal style that just not everyone's really into. Were you into Wilco <clears throat> or Radiohead? Not that much. That that's Radiohead a little that bit. That generation, I think, a lot of. I like stuff that was more hard. Like I, I really oh. liked, I liked uh, Pearl Jam. Yeah. I really liked. So yeah, it's funny because right. yeah, I was into hard rock and even and metal, and I played <clears throat> like double bass drum. That's like oh yeah, double bass. What'd you have? What was your kit? Um, I had a dull pedal. I didn't have two drums, mm. but I had oh. a Pearl. Yes. I had a Pearl Session Select. I believe that's what it's I called. remember those. It was like wood. It was wood like finished. A, my my dad was just like ah, the bass drums, ridiculous. It's an eighteen by twenty two. Who yeah. needs an eighteen by twenty two? That that became <laughs> yeah. it was the norm for a long time. <laughs> right. It, it's only recently and it, started going. It had back. like the power oh, toms hanging off the stands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Floor toms were always about to fall over. But I really yeah. loved that kit. But yeah. technically, my first kit was actually a Rogers because it was. That's the one that I kind of learned playing with my dad. We would set the two kits up, and I, it was a Rogers Gold Sparkle, probably nice. like 2012-16. Nice. Wow. Yeah, oh, my God. Remember the 2012-16s? <laughs> was he working everywhere. for yeah. Frank's? Uh, I don't recall. He Your worked dad. with Frank's Drum Shop. He would bring them drums okay. that he would kind of refurbish, and then they'd sell it for him. But, yeah, yeah. he didn't ever work for, for He Frank's didn't really work at the shop. Okay. No, no, no. He was just kind of there all the time. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would, Yeah, that would be quite so a So your pop is a Chicagoan. Actually, Chicago they're area. from Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah, not, not oh, from yeah, around here. Oh, yeah, he does have, have that accent. A little bit, yeah. 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 Not too much. You should see the rest of my family. Yeah, it's, oh. a, it's, a, yeah, it's much less than... Yeah. It's actually pretty incredible how how when you live in the Midwest for... I, I, I wish I could go back in time yeah, and see my parents when they first came over. They, even, even in the way I say words, uh, it comes out. Oh yeah, Dr- the, dr- the word drawer. How do you guys say that word? Drawer. Oh, some people say draw and some say drawer. Drawer, yeah, is it drawer? Yeah, drawer. You go to the East Coast. East Coast, like eight other it's draw. variations. Yeah. <laughs> draw, draw, draw. It's it's amazing over here. This this country is it, it's, it's such an incredible country. You can just travel and see so many different uh, like cultures and yeah, yeah, it's micro incredibly diverse. And, and yeah. I mean, yeah, there's certain places where it's a form of English that yeah. It's indecipherable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I guess we, yeah, I, I probably sound mostly Midwestern. I think the three of us it's sound like the Southwest side. It's indecipherable. Sometimes. You know, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people in the world right now. What did you just say about your accent? You said, I'll, I'll bet I sound a little Chicago. Midwest, yeah. There's, yeah. there's going to be a lot of people that are going to watch that that are going to be la- laughing their ass. Yeah. 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 So, it runs good on regular gas. But you it, know, I think yeah. I sound a Have little you guys Chicago. Ever, the really, really old Chicago like. accent, though. Have you guys ever, ever heard that before? The really old well, one. When you see like news clips and stuff, sure. So they would say like "true" instead of "through." Yeah, true like, to door. True to door. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. that's cool, yeah. and yeah. that's almost. They'd say, they'd gone. say five dollars. So doesn't exist anywhere. Or five dollars. That's not a midwestern thing. Midwesterners don't say "true." <laughs> Midwesterners say "through," right? Well, believe yeah. it. I actually, you know, it's most of them. Like, but I think there's some neighborhoods where that's still, <laughs> that tradition is still. See, Chicago. Yeah. Just Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Still, uh, like, I miss the city. Man. Much like you know the rest of the world, it's become things have kind of like. Um, you know, homogenized, I guess. You know, Chicago was a city of neighborhoods, and the neighborhoods had their, you know, specific kind of... Sure, sure. You know... Whole things going. Cultures going, yeah. yeah. And accents, even. You yeah, know. It's like always Southwest changing. Southwest side is different than, and, you know, and even, let's Northwest say, in the side. Irish, you, then in, the, in their group, I think that's an Irish thing, the true thing. Yeah. The, well, yeah, yeah, and in like Gaelic. No, that's well, true. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. with Bonham's... Well, he's a British. We say, one... Two, one, two, T four. That's what he says at the top of Fool Lorraine, doesn't he? Yeah, where? T four. Where was John Bottom from? Actually, tell Birmingham. Me something about. Yeah, I think he was a, go, a go into a little bit about about he, them. Redditch, Worcestershire. 
Okay. Worcestershire yeah. sauce. Like the sauce. Yeah. So <laughs> Just it's like the wonderful. Sauce. In the, Impossible to spell. <laughs> in the um, Birmingham area. Yeah. So he kind of came up in the scene in Birmingham playing with bands, so like local bands. Is this the second British invasion? Because the, the, the Beatles yeah, are the I'd first? I'd say they were considered, yeah, probably the front end of the second invasion. Yeah, because it was late, right. late 60s. Yeah, like Yardbirds you know. would have been the, the original. or you know, Cream was probably the delineation, maybe, of the second wave, maybe. Yeah, I, I again, to, I'm not a historian. That, I'm, I don't know yeah, accurately tough, what yeah. what the what the different eras are, but um, would Queen would be part of that too, right? Probably technically. Queen, I think, kind of made it on the scene about '72. Okay, yeah, they're a little later. '73, yeah, they're yeah. more like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that little later. But I mean, it's Roger an Taylor, era uh, of music. an incredible drummer. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. You know, I wonder how many of those guys were actually like formally schooled or at least had like formal lessons i'm yeah. sure most of them got form- you guys probably know about him right was he very little well, he so, got he yeah, he had lessons Europe. with a guy i actually met the guy at the drum pad years ago okay i was in the drum pad and you remember rusty jones yeah yeah sure yeah rusty rusty came in or he was already there when i walked in i don't remember but um you know, I didn't Rusty, really know him, but he's real lively, spirited and, guy. And he's like, yeah. "Hey, George, I want you to meet a couple guys. These guys are from England, and you know they're in town, and they're for the for the drum show. I think it was nice. <laughs> and um, and he was showing them around. And the one guy's name is Gary Alcock. Oh, I I know Gary. Yeah, yeah. you know him. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Gary you, Alcock. That makes sense, Terry. Don't emphasize the, <laughs> the syllable. So, <laughs> yeah, and I believe it's two R's, G A R R Y. Okay, yeah, and, yeah, sure. And he was with his friend, and we got to talking, and um, somehow Bonham came up. I think maybe because he's from Birmingham. Okay, yeah, I know, I know him for sure. Yeah, yeah it's so he's, he's a drum enthusiast. Yeah, it makes sense. The, show, the drum yeah, show I mean, he's probably <laughs> nice. he's probably up there now too. I would think, right? Because mm-hmm. when I met him, that was like. At least twenty years ago. Maybe when did you start more. going to the drum show? Uh, and you, you were never like every year. You, you, you never no, I didn't. I didn't go that often. Too busy actually. playing all the time. Yeah. Seems. <laughs> but busy. Gary was the one who told me that he gave Bonham some less, a couple lessons. Do you do a lot of clinics? <laughs> I don't do that many clinics actually. You could. Yeah. Usually when I do clinics, clinic, man. <laughs> usually, well, I could do yeah, that. Yeah. Could. Usually when I do clinics, they're with with a band. Right, know, like right. as part of a rhythm section or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's just the last thing I want to say about this this thing was he said Bonham came over, and uh, he played a bit, you know, and he showed him some rudiments and very basic stuff. And he said Bonham was kind of uh, an impatient kid. He was like 16, 15 hmm. years old or something. Sure. And he he only came for like two lessons, I think he said, and uh, and he said they they shared their love of cars because. Uh, even as a teenager, Bonham had some question about what kind of car he had. <laughs> so I thought was funny. But he said, you know, he, he really didn't have like a whole lot of, you know, skill together yet at that point. And, sure. and he, he, he saw that he obviously had a lot of natural talent. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, he said Bonham just seemed like a restless kid. He just wanted to play. I think he you took know, like he, four rudiments from him. Paradiddle diddle, doubles. Right, right the double paradiddle. Super fast singles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, his, his playing yeah. has a lot of forward momentum. That's how I would describe Bonham. It's like an unstoppable force. Oh, he's definitely momentum-y. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing about like Bonham. Like, what, like um, on, on physical graffiti. 
Hey, hey, mama, you know, it's oh, like yeah. so, some of those songs yeah. where the guitar or something comes in first. That might yeah. not be the best example. When Bonham comes in, it's when he like, enters, excuse me, everybody, yeah. I am now taking over right. the tempo. Exactly. And it's a little bit slower. That's true. Play to me. That's true. That's a lot of people talk about how he laid so far back on the beat. Did they do clicks but back then? They did, probably didn't. They did. They used them for setup, well, for, for, for tempo setup. For multi-tracking, but in, in live? No, I doubt that. I don't no. think Zeppelin no, ever. I think Bonham was, was the time. When you say setup... You're saying they give them a click and then they yeah. stop it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can cool. hear that clearly at the beginning of the outtake of when the levee breaks. You're shitting me. No. Wait. You I, ever heard that outtake? I mean, this is extremely important. <laughs> Tell me again what you just said. Why, Terry? <laughs> no, I thought we were saying. I thought that we were friends. Head, wait, no, wait a minute. <laughs> you said at the head of when the levee breaks, an original, yeah. the original. Yes. You hear. You hear. Dook, 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 dook. Good. God. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the link to it. You never heard that. <laughs> this is I gotta great. tell you, See? I am now immediately yeah. demoted from Bonzolium. Is, is no, it because no, I no. have like been quiet? saying no. that like I find that almost anathema. Well, but the thing is, that's just so everybody they have a. It, it, they may not have done it on every. <laughs> they may not have done it on every tune. We're, no, wait. But a minute. it was like, wait a minute. It's wait, a metronome wait, reference. Wait, wait, wait a minute. It's a reference. And I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about the drums only here on YouTube. Did it's you not drums only? See, it's an alternate the, mix. The, the, what, well, there it's are the original people, recording before they slowed it down. Yes, but it, the, what might be possible is the person who got that might have quantized it. And that, and then that put seems a click weird, in. but I'll tell you why. But also, too, sometimes it what they do. It sounds like an old school no, metronome run through the system, like, through the monitor. No, no, it's it's more like it's got a lot of echo, and it's like duck, 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 duck. So like it might that. be running through the. So frickin', it, it could have been like uh, Jimmy said, "Give us, you know, 120 BPM," and then they go duck, duck. Can we edit out and fucks and shits? Okay, okay. It's all right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I have to. I, you this has to be, this has to be settled conversation. immediately. Yeah. Well, I what am I would demoted. like to, I am no longer Bonzolium because I have what I, like a total jack. Okay, I need to go back now and listen to the isolated tracks from the second album because see there might be. Let, and let I'm me not tell you sure. Nope. There might be another one of these kind of. Let me know when I can have the floor because it's important because okay. my brain is. Okay. Let me know. Now is a good. Okay. Here's the thing, because there's a lot of drums only stuff, and even some Led Zeppelin stuff. Where what a lot of some people what they did is they quantized it and they put a click in the front of it. Other people they didn't quantize it and they put a click in front of it. So it's a reference for you if you want to play along to the thing. It's an oh. aftermarket thing. Oh, okay. So that's the only, that's what I'm I'm. I this would doesn't bet my sound life that like that. And, I'll, and another yeah, reason for that is there are tapes. There's you know this was a bootleg before it. it came out i think on the fourth album bonus disc but you know the bootleg versions of the these studio sessions i don't see why they would have done that for something like that like yeah. this is this has got to be a tape that got dubbed from somewhere it leaked out well, I'm, and because because that's been around for since the 70s well, or 80s well, this is a bigger issue for me than the 15 inch 26 inch bass drums that really but a, here let me just earth let me just say something <coughs> where, where did they record <coughs> Did they do like well, Abbey Road? They, maybe many like, different studios, yeah, yeah. not Abbey Road. They it, recorded at Olympic. They recorded it, it at usually be Island. Olympic. They recorded at Headley Grange, which is a house. And then they like Headley Grange, they had a portable. A they had a be mobile. A session. They had yeah. a mobile. They, 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 that, they had a bunch of different sessions, all the way from like 1970. Third album to like up through. 74. Yeah, I'd love mm -hmm. to. I'd love to see like what they were doing because by this point you've probably got enough mics on the drums where the engineer is playing a role in the. In the, especially like the polished albums. Well, too. you know, they say that Bonham was extremely 
um, touchy about how the drums were mic'd, and he didn't like a lot of mics. Hmm. He actually so like you know people talk about Probably the Glenn Johns on method on the early album on the first album because yeah, he right. was the one who engineered it, yeah. and his method was just simply to put a mic in the front, a mic behind, three and, mics, and, and maybe a mic the on the Tom, snare, right? you know, one sort of off to the side behind the, behind floor, the floor top, yeah, and then yeah. a mic out front. But not every Zeppelin album was recorded that way, right? You know, yeah. but without photos of the sessions, you don't know Which what we've was been going looking on. for since the fifties. We, we, we want gonna, people to start. Yeah, we were going to bringing about in studio the, photos, the photos. So when he he yeah. tuned his drums with like felt, right? Early on, just a felt. His batter bass drum had almost always, I think, always had felt. You mean the you mean the uh, muffling? Yeah. How did he, he tune used a felt drum? strip usually on the back of the bass drum head only? On the batter. On the batter. So he tuned his drums a lot like. A lot like a big band, band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Big and that's band really band. cool. Because and, 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 no well, one and, does that but I would anymore. say, right. I would right. say even slightly higher so than good. your regular big band tuning. At least it your caps can. Yeah, tuning. it really yeah, depended yeah. on the era. Like on the first and first album. This is like my was, favorite thing about his drumming, actually, because uh, everyone else, everyone else, more probably more muffling. When did they yeah. invent the power stroke? Because that's a big thing. That came out in the eighties. Because once that came out, everyone used it in the whole world. And actually, well, I'm not against it. But it's a lot like, of people okay, were putting, so you know, ubiquitous. a lot of people, most people just put, you know, linens in their bass drums. Yeah, you know, I've seen sheets, that. Sheets, pillows. I've pillow, seen that a brick and a pillow. Most rock he, drummers he Jake, did that. This is hilarious. <laughs> Jake, could, <laughs> he could say about this, there, there was a guy who he had like glued four different uh, layers of fabric and then had like a big pad to the oh head. It was, God. and it went around. It was really meticulous the way he did this. Like a so mold crazy. skin. It's so I felt wild bad what people taking do. it apart. Cause yeah, like so much work went into yeah. it. Well, it's yeah. funny do you remember dead ringers? Uh, they were foam rings that you yeah. glue to your head. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They those were, were on some. Those were on some like church drums I played on. Historic. Yeah, you, you could glue them maybe under the. Well, you, head. yeah, like, you glued them under the head. They had a adhesive. They get weatherproofing, and they wouldn't necessarily be round. They sort of be like little. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But but there were also the things that had the plastic molding where you put the same kind of things, but they wouldn't be attached. I have those actually. Yeah. You guys want? Some, <laughs> yeah. Or, they. I I, know, I I ordered rings. I wanted yeah. the Remo rings. Yeah. The ones that are just plastic. Plastic. Yeah. And yeah. They sent me those. So I have like a million of those. So if you guys know anyone who wants them, almost oh. give them away. Absolutely. There. But, you know, that's the thing. On, on Bonham's <laughs> Rezzo head, there's something that, you know, a lot of us diehard Bonhamites and Zeppelin people uh, have uh, uncovered. Sure. Is that in all the pictures of all his kids, even a couple with the stainless, which is harder to see, sure. there is some kind of a pinstripey or what, what, um, what power did you call stroke it? Power looking. stroke type apparatus. Yeah. And we're not but sure you can't if it's tell what I it love, is. I actually really like pinstroke. But we're not uh, really sure if it's done like with, a, with a ring mm. of plastic or if it's actually it. a circle of drum head. Like, so one would be sort of the inverse of the you other. You guys know when pinstripes were invented? Late seven, I think in the 70s, possibly late 70s or early 80s. They predate Power Stroke, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. I would think so, yeah. And then, yeah, back then you have the fiber never, skin one, which no one ever sees anymore, which yeah. looks more like a Renaissance head almost. Yeah. And then you have the fiber skin two, fiber skin three. Yeah. I know a lot about drum heads. Did the fiber skin one <laughs> was that the I one that peeled a lot? Was that the one that peeled a lot? Yeah. No, well, like actually, that's no, no. Actually, right? like, fiber skin ones weren't too bad. The twos peeled. The twos mm. peeled really bad. Is that because there were and, two layers or something? Well, yeah. The, they would bubble. See the ones. Then, you know that that thing that looks like 
a calf head. That's the twos, and then that stuff would come off. The ones yeah. they look like a cross hatch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. right, you exactly. Right. You know, right. like a wallpaper almost. Yeah, and they had a right. texture to them. They sound kind of like good you said, more like too. a renaissance. I have them on a kit. Yeah, yeah. did you guys see? They're the really pearl, dry. The pearl kit over the there? orange one. I think no, kind of orange is, looking. You probably didn't even notice it because there's so much cool stuff over there. <laughs> so this is it, it's a rosewood. There were only like four made. It was Jack Mouse's actually, and it's a oh. rose. I'll show you when we go. It's back. Oh wow, pearl, pearl. Yeah, it's wow. a pearl from the 70s. Wow. And like late 70s, early 80s. And he has almost all the fiber skin ones on it, which yeah. I was like, oh, oh this wow. is so cool. I haven't seen one of these in forever because they're all thrown away by Well, now. one thing I was going <laughs> to say about Bonham, Bonham's they're muffling nice. <laughs> Bonham's muffling and his bass drum changed over the years. You know that He used that the, clear heads, right? Or maybe coated. No, not maybe always. He didn't always use the same thing. It depended on the kit. So, for example, like the Maple Thermal Gloss kit, right. he always had... Uh, coated heads probably a smooth white uh, most definitely, yeah, definitely smooth white on the front and the rear the the, the the batter side was like was just a coated white head with a felt right. strip but he would often have um crumpled newspaper likely crumpled newspaper yeah. inside which you could see you know you could kind of see it in the bass drum maybe about this crumpled deep. newspaper maybe that's another deep. big old Not big a whole, band yeah, oh thing. yeah never done that before yeah, oh that's an old big band thing my dad used to put crumpled newspaper so we're, we're going to do a video that compares different types of bass drum of muffling. muffling yeah I think that, that just made the well list. you know what yeah. you know what this <laughs> I, I, I do that i do i do shredded newspaper i use shredded newspaper in the bottom and you just have it so it's it's sort of fluff it up yeah, because what happens lightly is touching the bass drum heads, it activates the heads to resonate. The newspaper gets unsettled for a second, oh, and yeah. then it settles back down, so it acts like a natural. It's a perfect muffling. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it, it gives a really nice effect, like and a then, natural gate. But, kind but of he of stopped. Sort of. You you don't you well, don't we'll, see. We'll never try that. Before. But with the, well, well, you the, can you can see the the shadow of it in right. the Whomp. bass drum for Whomp. a while, and then. Once you start seeing this ring, this mysterious ring, whatever that is, on the rezo, then that went away. The, that's gone. Yeah, right. And then he never, you never really see it again. It's either but yeah, so a, a pinstripe or maybe it, it's not funny. a pinstripe, but you like a power what? stroke type thing. It, it, my favorite muffled bass drum sound is uh, Slingerland, nineteen <laughs> seventies or eighties, with uh, eighteen or twenty, maybe a twenty-two, with no front head, with a pillow in it. Oh really? That's my favorite. <laughs> like that hard bass drum sound. Yeah, it's just so it's so perfect. <laughs> and you put the mic kind of right where you would. What do you guys think of uh, the the portholes? Because if you like Bonham's bass drum sound, maybe did they use portholes? I don't think Never. they were yet. Well, yeah, supposedly so like I remember that. reading something where John Paul Jones said or somebody said we didn't even cut a hole in John Bonham's head till the last record. I'd swear I read that somewhere. Oh, it might really? be right. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, mm. But I don't know. When you, you don't see, see it in the photos. You don't see it in the photos. You don't. Some people really photos. like that. And think I don't it's like that. I, I mean, you know, I'm primarily a jazz drummer, so sure. having a porthole when I, whenever I see one, I just shake my head. Well, you know what it is? You it's shudder. An, it's an entirely, <laughs> yeah, but it's an entirely different tone. It you gives still, you like a good sound man will still get low end out of a wump that well, doesn't have a I hole. I can see what they're going for because it gives you the, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it gives you that. It's air. It gives you. Hitting the microphone diagram. Yeah. Diaphragm. Yeah. That's exactly what it does. Yeah, right. It maxes out the diaphragm so it flatlines. So it's actually. Well, it gives you a nice warmth. It's, like, it's distortion. That's what it is. Technically, it's uh, distortion very quickly that gives you like a really. So it's not a not necessarily a bad thing, but it's. No, I don't yeah, think it's, I don't think that it's so much of a bad thing. 
you know, Wait, are you talking the about the pillow? Effect. Are you talking no, about the, the, the you're talking about the regular porthole. yeah this porthole. I just don't like how it sounds. I just don't like how it sounds when I'm playing it. I mean, for recording, I know I understand that it's beneficial for recording. I just don't like the sound of it when I'm playing it. Not for generally when there's a porthole, it just feels different to me. I don't like the sound of the bass. But then, but then what happened? Once double bass got popular, when double bass got popular, a lot of engineers, whether live or studio, would like to add click. Right to the bass drum, and so you, you can sure. delineate the. Yeah, but that's not really. You guys the, know how you can also get that. You take a lapel mic or a, a lavalier. A lavalier mic. I always call them lapel mics. Well, they are called that because you put a mic. Yeah, you oh, lapel, yeah. lavalier mic, lapel and you mic. you tape it to the bass drum and you dangle it right over where the the batter where the batter is. hits. Yeah, really? Yeah, that's the, where the beater hits. Wow, that's a that's a nice. cool way. And then you EQ it. Usually, you have to switch the phase because if they're it'll just cancel out. But you EQ all the lows out of it and keep the highs and then switch the phase and it'll just it'll give you that really attack. Nice. Wow. And then you can do that with the with the porthole without. Like I said, though, me personally, I really like just one of the coolest kits I ever played on was a Slingerland 18, 10, 12, 16. And uh, I think it was like uh, Black Oyster. And it it it, it was a one head. So the Toms only had one head. Oh, I know what you mean. Time. Factory was there. They called it like there, the was Bebop there, kit. Was there or metal something. chrome protectoring on the on where the head was supposed to be? Oh, on the concert side. I think I remember it seeing that. It might have had that. that yeah. Too, yeah. I think it might have had. They that. would put like a little edge. yeah, to and it keep was it from painted, chipping. It was painted on the inside brown, which is a very specific Slingerland era, and this uh, <laughs> what was the this bass drum sounds so good. You still have it. No, we finally sold it. It was tough to sell, actually. My buddy brought it. It was a consignment kit. What was the finish? Oh. There's a video of me playing it on black YouTube. Pearl? Black, black Pearl? Like 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 black an, Diamond Pearl. Yeah. Black Diamond Pearl. Mm. Or maybe... Yeah, I think. Yeah, it wouldn't be Oyster because they didn't make Oyster. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure it was that. It was super cool. might have been blue. might have been uh, blue, uh, Midnight Blue Pearl. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think it was Midnight Blue, which mm. is actually kind of cooler. <laughs> it was a really sweet kit. It was so hard to sell, though, because... No, yeah, just and I was like, God, don't you guys understand how cool this drum set is? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what it is? It's just when you have a permo no rezzo head, that's hard for a lot of people. Sure. You know what I mean? You're like you can't, you'd ruin it by converting it. You know, you. This had a. a wait, wait, what do you mean a permo? Uh, no, I'm just saying if you you said that they didn't even have bottom. Head you're lines, right. Yeah. Right? That's a big turnoff for. A lot we of call people it a story. It's... Yeah. When we list stuff, if there's a long story, if it's like a really long, you know, explanation <laughs> of why this is like this, it's yeah. and that's one of those where it's not just like real simple. Usually, this is what it is, all original. Buy it or someone else yeah, is gonna get yeah, it. Yeah. Right. right <laughs> that's right. what we like to write. Right. We do love the. What, what's the kit they have in the other room that has the two twenties, the Ludwig kit? The two rack toms, you have two 20-inch bass drums. Is that well, there's a, there's a Rogers in there with two 18s. That's gorgeous. Yeah, there is Champagne, that. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. But what's the Ludwig Very you guys cool. have up? Oh, is it Ludwig. a green sparkle? Is it green sparkle? Do you have an original two green sparkle with two 20s and two yeah, rack toms and a floor tom? New. I'm not sure. I thought, the, I thought I saw a vintage kit you guys had with two 20s. Yeah, but I guess it wouldn't I be new. I don't, finished, I don't think my dad would ever get green sparkle. Yeah, I'm not sure. That one was on the floor. There was a green sparkle double bass drum kit on the floor, and it was smaller bass drums. This was back when we were and, last and, year? And, no, it was in the room today. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There, we have so many drum sets. I'm just yeah. trying to get through them. I have to, yeah. like, yeah, one of the big parts of my job is I have to take all this stuff and just try and, like, categorize it and just sell it. Yeah, right. And it's really... Well, it forces you to really <laughs> be sort of impartial. 
I guess you so. sold the bottom. I would uh, say stainless, the the Dunnet yeah. kit, in about three seconds because we underpriced it. Yeah. <laughs> just like you said, actually. Yeah. So whoever oh, got fine. that, lucky you. They got a yeah. good deal. Listen yeah. to this. They might even just find it. If they, they got a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put put. I was uh, tempted, John bottom in the keywords. but I have I have a steel kit now. So. I was tempted too. I just bottom. Didn't. Did he have a steel kit at one point? Bottom had yeah. a steel kit from seventy six, late seventy six, okay, until the end. So yeah, that's a that's a, you know. and then that would be a fourteen tom, yeah. Well, he messed with the tom size from he had from fifteen. He, he had, had a twelve 15 by fifteen, by and then for the last tour, he made he it had a, a fourteen by, by 10. fourteen. Yeah. So that's yeah. how you can tell it's the late, big late bottom pictures. Yeah, the you late bottom the separate exactly. walks. Yeah, you know, and he's usually has sunglasses on. Yeah, some of those those seventies German that's true, like those Munich. Yeah, the, the, ABBA, they, the their last tour sunglasses. was their last tour was in the summer of eighty, and then they were supposed to come. Are there any sprites or anything in there? Uh, just got water, but I can I can grab you. I do have some. Th- there over were there. sprites over yeah. there. Can we can we send for a, a porter? Well, sure, or or one of us can. <laughs> no, it's Jake. Not. Are you still here? Yeah. Could you grab a sprite? Absolutely. Thanks. You grab a couple. You're the best. I will, I will pay hey, you get a couple. Cash. Get a couple. Cans. 141. 141. Cool. You have 30. Okay. Minutes. I'm good for like 30. 20 or so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some sprites in the can. Yeah, I'm, I'm, thank you. You have to do I some editing that. here. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, honestly, this, this kind of stuff is cool. A little, uh, and there it is. A little is. real life creeping in. There is a proceeding. Yeah, slow pour. You have to do this stuff. Yeah. This stuff, if it's warm and then you cool it real fast, it'll blow your head off because they, they make like bottles. Oh. And when you undo the metal. <laughs> oh, is it pressurized? Up? Does it have a pressurized thing in there? You know what I mean? Oh, like in the Guinness? No. Like the yeah. No, no, not a, that wouldn't be a Belgium thing. That's yeah. draft. I, I don't know what that is. Yeah, that, right. That's right. Because yeah. it adds like uh, to oxygen gas. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, get something along those lines. Where did you get the Gretsch glasses? <laughs> yeah, these are cool. From those Gretsch? Are, you just get stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah. Can we take a couple? Do you have any extra? Uh, I might. I'm no, sure. I could probably get them. It's a, gr- no, it's a great glass, though. I could definitely, there's, there's some Maxwell swag I can give you. I, I might be able to hook you up, though. Because, yeah, Terry. <laughs> yeah, man, I wanted to talk about your channel. Um, oh, the, the Bonzolium channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there's, there's just some cool Ludwig stuff that I learned from you uh, way early on when I first started. Because I know a lot. I know a lot about Gretsch. Gretsch, we've always Which sold. I don't know a lot about. Right, right, yeah. And, and, and yeah, Gretsch, my dad, he's probably Rogers would be his, like, main. He knows more about I Rogers would agree. He was Mr. Rogers. And then <laughs> Mr. Rogers, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Mr. They're, they're like Mr. Mr. Dinosonic, actually. Yeah, really. He, yeah, he was the one who really, you know, I think really pulled the dino. You know, dino, sure. when I first got into collecting, people were like, Dinosonic. They yeah, were all they about radio kings, a lot of the and times then they right after. The old ones, like the wood ones, like they won't sound all that great, but they're super rare. You, they're and you really rare. have to know what you're doing to tune them, and you can't get replacement snares easily, especially you couldn't in the 90s. Now you can, so you're, you're dealing with... Well, the funny thing is I always hated the sound of a Dynasonic. They're dry. They're super oh, dry. They're yeah, a lot yeah. like a super sensitive, or every company has a version of that, a version where they're trying to... Well, like a yeah. wood super sensitive, if Ludwig still made wood yeah. super sensitive. That would have been cool. If Gretsch if really didn't do that, did they? Did they have a drum that did was... Bonham, did Bonham use a Super Sensor? No, yeah, always Supra a Supra, Bonham, Supra yeah, according yeah, to which, pictures. That, and that is the drum. That is, if someone has a studio and they need one snare drum, probably a, a Ludwig Supra is the way to go. Uh, that's that typically, I think, how it's been. Like, yeah, Or even yeah. Acrolytes. When the Acrolytes yeah. were relatively cheap a few yeah. years ago, a lot of studios, when people right. get them for like 65 bucks. Gretsch never had a system, I would uh, say the, the a, a sensitive tuning I don't remember. snare drum, did they? 
I don't remember. I mean, Actually, or maybe they did in the 40s or something. But the funny oh, yeah, thing early is, early 50s. No, no, Gre- yeah, but Gretsch nothing is, through Gretsch the. Gretsch is one of the more conservative companies. They never. Everyone else was always trying to reinvent the real. Gretsch really just stuck with what they did. Right. And they tend right. to change a little less. And, right. And like Slingerland has about a hundred strainers in 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Gretsch the TDR. Like four. Yeah. The TDR. <laughs> maybe like right. six. Yeah. But right. Really not That's that many. true. And yeah. Ludwig has like like almost as many as Slingerland. So had I don't even know. More. I I don't know how many in, know, in the, the past. How many years? The P85. So they have the P eighty three, which I'm not then as became familiar the with P85, the newer ones. Yeah, right. And right. then they had the classic well, let's, strainer. They had a clamshell beer tab. We should. If we're talking versus Slingerland, so we should probably go back to before Slingerland was defunct. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> which was the later yeah. than you I mean, think. I just find it interesting that Gretsch never really longer. had like that either orchestral or highly sensitive type snare, like a symphonic strainer, well, like a dynasonic or a super sensitive. Sound boxy and they do. They're yeah. very boxy, which is it's a thing. And they're criticized. But a yeah, lot. it's not yeah. like it's not. It's maybe. almost like by default they have a sound, but yeah. maybe their quality, you know, of engineering. No, there's wasn't a reason. So no, it has not. With the with that. Uh, well, it's a huge that snare bed. bed. A huge yeah. snare bed. Yeah. But actually, Terry, funny that we were talking about snare beds. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I learned from your channel, <laughs> the first thing I learned from from your channel, uh, the first time I saw it ever. It was uh, about the early Supras and the snare bed and how there are some aluminum Supras that have the uh, like the um, kink or whatever you call yeah, it. Like the, yeah, the like the they press bed. the they, yeah. they just they set it and they press. And talk talk about it. Yeah, dent, talk about it. It dents yeah. up the bottom. But, but that was a practice that a lot of companies back in the day used to do. Mm. It was what was done. And in those, way, in those days, a brass was used or a copper alloy was used, in my opinion, because it took the plating so well. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're right. going to plate something else that isn't copper brass, you got to put a copper plate on it and then nickel and then chromium. Um, right. So I think brass, I mean, it got a little more expensive. Maybe Ludwig went to the aluminum shell. Well, so, yeah, the 60, they, they had the, oh, thank you, brother. They had the yeah. brass drums, uh, which are really heavy. You can always tell. Yeah. But as they, as they switched to the Lud alloy, which is like aluminum, yeah. essentially. Which only has two L's, one at the front and one later. Yeah. It's not Lud alloy like an alloy. Right. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Marketing. <laughs> right. Marketing. Uh, they didn't want to say aluminum. Mm. Although aluminum was kind of considered space age stuff. Oh, hell yeah. That's the thing. Mm. That was Well, that was when I said with Dup William II, when I brought up the pop metal thing and... Boing, sure. yang, yang, yang. But we talked about that earlier. We won't bring it back up. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. but it, it's it's fascinating. So you have these. We get drums in from all eras from Ludwig, and you'll get you'll get Ludwig's that and this is all original that have a brass shell that's chrome over brass with steel hoops. You'll mm-hmm. get brass shells with brass hoops, chrome over brass hoops. You'll also get the Ludaloy with well, brass hoops. Yes, and Sometimes. those are the confusing ones because yeah. they're heavier. Well, and the know, way you tell is is the the snare bed. But even more rare is because usually when you look at the snare bed, if it's crimped, it's uh, uh, it's going to be a brass drum. But there are very few. Of the time. Yeah, but there are very few that are aluminum. aluminum. And I checked it. You take a lug yeah. off inside of it. Oh, totally. You scratch it a little I bit. own one. If it's gold, I have a five yeah. by fourteen. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what happened. It's they sw- they it's switched not it's uh, <laughs> the material. They didn't necessarily switch the material and the snare bed process simultaneously. Yeah. Seems like they switched to a lot of or aluminum when they right. came out the acrylites, which the first ones were wet. They were one piece welded. Um, but yeah, but I have seen. Ludaloy, um, 
with brass hoops. I, I think I might have. I think my '68 Superphonic has brass hoops. Well, you and know who what's knows funny. If they were put well, on, yeah, well what's know. funny is you normally won't ever see brass hoops after about '63 or four. Well, brass hoops are pretty rare, yeah. So, but but you know, there's different. Know where you know, they're but, triple flan. But here's the hoops. thing: there's different yeah. versions. <laughs> like there are some Ludwig brass hoops that are a little later before they went to steel. Right. Where the snare gates are rectangular and they look like they should be steel, but they are indeed brass. I've seen that on jazz festivals and on superphonics. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, it's funny. I want to bring this up cause I had found one. I found a 1968 Chrome over brass drum. The serial number put it at 1968 when I bought the drum, it had, but here's the thing. It's Chrome over brass and it's one piece welded. It's made the same way as the early sixties, except it doesn't have the curl over at the flange. You know the flange, 45-degree flange? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Well, the original early 60s ones, late 50s, early 60s, had a curl. Oh. It was like a, yeah. you, you could feel like a curl. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I remember you talking but, about the video. But the, I know these, exactly what you're talking about. In 1968, I found this drum, and yeah. I was the only one. Everyone I said, oh, it's got to be a one-off, got to be a one-off. And then on eBay about three years ago, somebody sold the same thing, and they said there was a fellow in California from drums or whatever who sure. ordered a certain amount of them. And you always hear the 200 number. Remember they used to say the 200 uh, proto acrylites or the 200? I mean, the, I don't know who came up with that 200 number, <laughs> but I don't mm. buy it. It's cool. It's applied to so many. What about those? Yeah. There are the finish kind of changed on acrylites. There are like earlier ones, and there are some that like almost aren't even. What is it? A lacquer or something on it? Whatever that. Well, like I think eventually by the acrylite. end they started painting them, almost putting like a thicker paint, which actually makes them, to me sound better because <laughs> yeah. it slightly deadens. The right. Drop. It, does it look shinier? Somehow? Well, do you remember the yeah, original? Yeah, some of them are shinier, the 60s ones. They're yeah. shiny 60s Well, ones. they're almost yeah. frosty looking. Yeah, they look yeah. like they're frosted with like... I think we're talking know. about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, by 19, I think, <laughs> 70, I think they slightly dumbed them down a little bit. Yeah. So they're still so kind of shiny, but they don't have that like anodized frost or whatever. And then not long after the night, that, after that, they look... And plus, too, that's less labor. You don't mm-hmm. have to polish the shell, so it's cheaper, too. And plus, you don't want to cannibalize the Supras, you know? Yeah. But then by the late... You know, they in the 70s into the 80s, they were like almost painted with like a did they start gommy, making glommy paint. The acrylites because chrome doesn't stick to aluminum? No, well. I think what I think they it was did a lower was, budget. It was line, a lower budget. Right? Yeah, it was wanted, more like for students or yeah. entry level because a lot of those drums I think ended up in uh, cases for like yeah, yeah. music you know You're store right. lessons. Yeah, my high school like had that. one. Yeah. Everyone's. Dead. I think that was yeah. really yeah, common. Still does, yeah. and, and back then, I don't know what they retailed well, for. But and they sound well, if you really good. Get, if a Supra was yeah. you know two hundred and an Acrylite was one twenty or something, yeah, I think for a lot of parents, it, that, well, that's no, but that's what I, I'm just using as an example. No, that right. parent, that's a no brainer well, for parents. You know, here's you know? the thing with Ludwig. <laughs> it's actually, it's almost the same drum. No, it's but less but, lugs. Well, you got to remember how popular wood was popular all through into the fifties, and then the fifties metal started coming back. Yeah. So Ludwig, the only metal shell they had was the superphonic or the super sensitive or the super 400 right uh, so then they needed to come up with like a price point of a metal drum instead of people getting like their like back before acrylites you'd have a six lug pioneer that right. was the student right. drum right so they needed to sort of have a slightly dumbed down metal version but ironically the acrylites for the first seven or eight years they look beautiful that frosty finish yeah exactly yeah they're you really know? nice yeah i um, think those are pretty coveted now too my my really favorite nice. drum <laughs> ever to play snare drum i think i've ever played is like the 20s era brass shell ludwigs the welded yeah and everything's brass every little piece the tension rods are 
the, the tubes, the clips, the tu- everything. Yeah, and I think that's why. And then if they have a, a calf head on there, I really like it too because it's just you get this like pop from a rim shot. Yeah, that's just so it's distinct. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny though nowadays. With the plastic heads, the brass and plastic combined can be a little excessive. So I actually, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. I have because I've played just about every drum you could ever think of with yeah. just about everybody. So so I've, have you ever had uh, someone complain about a brass snare drum that it hurt their ears when yeah. you hit rim shots? Mm-hmm. See? Yep. People like the aluminum steel combination yeah. with plastic. Right. It, with the, the all brass, sounds great with calf. But then, it, and that is, I think, an cuts. interesting. Yeah, it really cuts. Right, and it's like the brass. It's like a honk if you tune it up tight. Especially if you tune it up tight, obviously. Definitely, you know. Yeah. You hit one of those rim shots, man. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you know I always prefer <laughs> my favorite metal. I love bronze. <laughs> People don't understand the difference between brass and brass and bronze. Like, think of all those drums that were made of brass. And then Ludwig in the later 70s when they brought back the Black Beauties, I think yeah. Michelle was actually a bronze alloy, which is They copper. say BZ on them, I think, well, stamped well, yeah, in some, Yeah, they'd see BZ, right. uh, B sometimes. What was the other one sometimes you'd see? Um, um, but the thing is, is bronze, at least from cymbals, do you guys play brass cymbals? No, all their cymbals no, are bronze. bronze There's yeah. more sonorous, right? Yeah. So, you know. They're also, the, the main reason for bronze I love a, a bronze supra. Is it's, it's, bronze is... 80% copper, 20% tin. Well, that's one particular alloy. Well, B20. See, it's what Zildjian uses. Yes, it's what but, most but symbols But bronze are. has tin. Right. Brass doesn't. Brass is zinc. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it bronze, it, the symbols, they can deform and then form right back. That's why. Yeah, they're yeah. more ductile or whatever. If, especially, yeah, if you're doing those crashes, those symbols, literally, they go like. Oh, yeah. You, you, yeah, you see. You <laughs> right. See, like, the, if you right. made that out of brass, you, it would probably sound yeah. good, but you'd break it. You'd yeah. It right yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I, we, yeah, they have to have tried. <laughs> well, you know what's so funny? I actually have a 22 inch brass symbol, which often you see back in the day. Oh, they'd yeah. Be, you, they'd be made in Japan. Yeah. Brass? They, really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. And they, and then I've seen these. To, well, are you sure they those stamp are brass? it. Well, yeah, the Pisces and everybody still makes symbols out of brass now. You know, the PST. I got to try one. I don't think I've ever. But the thing is, it's so it's kind of a dead symbol because it's brass. Right. But what's neat about it do they, is in the do con- they crack a lot? It, no, they're actually softer. Brass is actually softer. Bronze is more likely to crack. Well, I should say not all bronze, but certain bronzes. Because does it, bronze does B eight crack more easily than B twenty? Yes. But no. B, I think B, it does. Well, B eight shouldn't. I know how it um, lathes because I lathe symbols, and B eight when I lathe it, it gets it's, really hot and it. The, it cracks Ugh. off, and you get to the point where right. you can't even take yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Well, that's the you're not. I've often really hard to not, work. You're with. not supposed to. I refuse to work with B8. Yeah, well, you're not, <laughs> yeah, there are some people that have figured out a way to kind of relay the B8, but by and large, it's not. The I mean, I can. I just I wonder just because I had a I had a giant beat. I had a giant beat that's a B8, you know, bronze, and it had like a what looked like a layer or two that had peeled away from the edge. So instead of a crack, it wasn't a crack. It wasn't a dent. Like a chip, it was kinda? it was like a chip, but it was like you could see like a tiered kind of layering, like moon surface, almost like yeah. plate tech, like uh, te- te- you know, like plates. Well, you know, the thing about B B eight is you know, it's like an industrial levels, alloy like that had always been around. It's just Peisty decided to work on it because you know it has more copper, so it should be cut. They through, were the first cut to do through it the mix for Sabian, I think. Oh God, yeah. Oh, and God. even their their Pisces six hundred two formula, it appears to have it tarnishes 
way differently than the Zildjian. Than Zildjian. And yeah. way faster. It turns green, which leads me to believe it has a lot more copper in it. And it also... It, that's why they started. They put like a lacquer on their symbols. They well, do that to yeah, they, they use like a wax or a is sealant. It a paraffin? Where Zildjian, I don't know what it is. Yeah, Zildjian started to do that a little later. I'm gonna grab this. Do they right. do they do it now? Um, yeah, they, they, there's like a there's a protective coating they put on. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if they do it with the Avidus line. You know the Avidus line the last six or seven years, like the re, sure. the the Zildjian sort of version of the giant beat concept, kind of. You know. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Like those are multi. funky. Those those actually do have a coating on them. I think. Yeah, yeah, I know because yeah, yeah well, the, to give it like that. Well, it's like I the giant beats. So many the, symbols, it feels funky. Yeah, the giant beats mm. had that brownish green, you know, Peisty had it that way back in the day, which they what reproduced. What other alloys are there? There's B12 as well. B12, right? B15. Uh, B12 is the with number the Zildjian is the percentage of tin. Eight percent tin. Yeah. Twelve percent tin. Right. Twenty percent tin. Right. And also, apparently, there's some secret thing in Zildjian symbols, which they don't know what it is. It might be silver. Oh. It might be, uh, blood. I've heard the traces of silver. <laughs> but, you know, it's also, too, it's, but, but the thing is with, with alloys, it's not just what's in there. It's also the process by which you put it all together, too. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you might not melt, melt all the tin. First. The smelting You might get process. it going, then once that's for a while, then add more tin. Schmelt. Yeah. cop. <laughs> we got to search the etymology of the word schmelt. It sounds like Yiddish. There is a Smeltekop music <laughs> German. Yeah. yeah, probably German. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, um, but yeah, this, this is awesome. So, yeah, we got to talk more about John Bonham. Um, yes, we have to get back on the JB. Yeah, for sure. Oh, we yeah. did a bunch of gear stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, so he, what kind of kits did he do? He did like Vistalite and he had wood kits. You guys were talking about the lacquer one and metal. Mm -hmm. and, that was, and was he always Ludwig his whole career? At least on stage, yeah. Yeah, on stage. You know, I mean, from from early 1969. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. the thing I find interesting about him with regard to his kits is he didn't have a lot of kits, but he explored the different sonic, you know, possibilities of wood and plastic um, and and acrylic and steel. So who knows what he would have gone back to had he. Yeah. Lived, you know, if he, I mean, if he would have gone back to having wood shell kits on stage, yeah. he what obviously you, you was looking think? for and more also, power what, and volume. His would have been like a three ply originally, probably. Originally, right? they were three ply. Well, Ludwig yeah. went to like went six, to ply six ply in later seventies. Later seventies. Yeah. So now it's and seven, we don't. I, I don't know if he ever had a later seventies six ply Ludwig kit. There's no oh, evidence yeah. of it. No evidence. He he had, you I know, know, even according to Jason, he didn't have that many kits. You know, he he had a couple. I think there were a couple of the green sparkle. Right. When did two, he, when maybe did he three. Pass away? He's not... He died in September of 1980. 1980. Jesus, before I was even born. Yep. Yeah. Were they? Yeah. Led Zeppelin was kind of known for having a really good time. I think probably right. They were. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, yes. Yeah. Destroying um, hotel rooms. Yeah, but <laughs> they knew how to enjoy their fame. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no but, doubt. but you know the thing about Bonham is even as he got older, you know that he, he had problems with the alcohol and other things. And sure. but even when you hear the recordings of him playing 1980, 79 Nebworth, he's still out of hand, man. He's oh, still yeah. slaying it. Yeah. Technique wise and everything, you know. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's I like mean, the, um, are there any surviving members of the of of the band right now? 
Yeah, John Paul, three, all of them. Guys, yeah, nice. All of the, like I said, all just, three yeah, are I'm remaining. Not, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, Robert Plant has a really, you know, active career. This He's is been, an era of music I, I, I can learn more about. Yeah, yeah the Allison Krauss and stuff. Yeah, and John Paul Jones is continuing to do all kinds of different interesting projects. I think he just wrote an opera recently nice. <laughs> that, that premiered not long ago. And Jimmy Page is kind of like the guardian of Led, the curator of Led Zeppelin. You know, he hasn't really performed really at all in many years or right, come right. out with a new album or anything. Right. His thing is like, you know, maintaining the Led Zeppelin the, legacy. It's the potter of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. yeah. Do, do they have like a, a big tribute group that does, uh, you know, does, does big concerts? There's there are many tribute bands. Oh, oh, we got to let's yeah. talk about the PFOZ. Well, our thing is, is you guys, get our thing is, yeah. <laughs> one day I, it would be nice to do that, and I think you know we we find the right venue. We'd have good audiences for it, the but Greek yeah, we got it. We got we got to all get together. <laughs> yeah, we got to all get together first. Terry's so already that's already the got challenge. a PFOZ yeah. at the Greek. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, it would be. But yeah, there's. There, I mean, I think Zeppelin probably has. The most tribute bands, wouldn't you say? They do, they're at the They've tip of the They've got to be at the top. There's about 20,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Beatles sure. bands. I mean, I Zeppelin, probably yeah, more Beatles, Zeppelin than Zeppelin, Beatles. Toto, <laughs> right? Journey. <laughs> yeah. The, like, uh, who are the big, like the biggest tribute, you know? Well, uh, the Get the Let Out is what we just saw Derek Smith, who has a channel here on YouTube called yeah. Kick It Like Bonham. That's Derek right. Smith. He's playing with Get the Let Out. We'll get the Let Out? Yeah. National yeah, Act. He was filling playing. in for their drummer. They have a they're regular huge drummer. They're audiences. But yeah. they're, they're, they're a big Zeppelin sure. tribute band. Yeah. 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 They have like seven members to... Um, they go for the studio recording sound live. Well, and you know, one interesting thing in terms of like drum collectability is John Bonham has made Ludwig drums and in particular Vista Lights, Superphonics... Uh, vintage Giant Beats, Vintage 2002s, all that stuff, the value has increased exponentially over time because of him. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. people sell things literally as, you know, John Bonham's name is in the title of the listing. What's the, what's know, the tune with the, the bass drum? That's um, Immigrant Song. Yeah. yeah, and the bass drum doesn't play what your right hand was playing. So what does yeah. it play? The, the, the bass drum, it's simpler than it sounds. Okay. The, there's a ghost note or a, 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 a note before the bait, before the downbeat. Okay. So it's... Okay. So the bass drum's going... Okay. You know. Cool, it's, man. It's a simpler part than a lot of people think. You, you should do... I'll pay you to do a, a demo... <laughs> And one of the like a like a like a like a like a bottom a bottomology clinic or something. Yeah, well, I'd be I, up I, for I that. You could do that. Yeah, I was just. I'll be the Richard Cole. I get to push everybody. Around. Oh, you mean like a video? Yeah, demo? whatever you want to do, man. If you have the time, I'd do a clinic. With I don't you. have time I to do it today, but I would definitely no, no, no. do it another time. Well, sure. if we set up a clinic, I'll get people to come. No, but I mean, yeah. if you want to do like <laughs> a little video demo, that'd be wonderful. You could do either or. You could do both. I wish I had more time to Let me know. Let yeah. me know, George. Yeah, no, I will. will. I mean, we're here. We'll definitely. You know yeah, me. we'll definitely <laughs> well, do yeah, that. Well, yeah, video and clinic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could do both. They don't have to be on the same day. You know, you're talking about the tuning thing. I mean, there, there are a lot of... Nice. Uh, uh, there's a lot of videos out there on how Bonham tuned his drums, but basically what you said about big band drumming is it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a little more open and... Yeah, if, it's like Sonny Payne's drums. If you listen to a Count Basie record with Sonny Payne, like Atomic Basie or 
yeah. you know, Breakfast Dance Bar. I don't know. I'm just He's thinking of, of albums, you know, Basie in London. Though that sounds a lot like Bonham's drum tune yeah. to me. Tone and then and then uh, and the know, style. He also has a, like a little injection of Buddy Rich technique too. Yeah. Sonny Payne was a monster. Sonny like Payne is, is my favorite big. Remember, band remember he all, Sonny the, Payne, all the sticks. He do the stuff. Oh the yeah, yeah. He did the showbiz thing because you know his father <laughs> was Chris Columbus. Chris the, Columbus, really? The, the famous. Uh, I never knew that. Yeah, the famous like you know entertainer vaudeville. Showman, yeah, I don't know where that is. juggler, you know. <laughs> so he had a lot. He grew up in that environment, like Buddy Rich kind of did. He, right. Buddy Rich grew up in vaudeville. Those guys too. had like so a, they had this show showbiz element, Peoria. you know, crowd pleasing, <laughs> yeah. you know, throwing sticks, also like sticks, relentless, ragtime, really, really restless, and and kind of yeah. It seems like maybe ruthless. <laughs> there's, there's you mean like in a, their in their style. In their style and the way they managed their their organizations, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, that early yeah. show. I mean, it was a tough industry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so similar sure. to the way people nowadays maybe are who are like deep in like food service, like chefs. You know, like yeah, they're not messing. That's around. a good. That's a good comparison. I, I mean, I think well, because in those days it wasn't just you making music and stuff, but behind closed doors you're making effing money. You got to feed the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah too. You right. Know, lucky when you get. They want the gigs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Buddy Rich. They they had him. Uh, they were marching him out when he was twelve or something. Oh, yeah, even I think younger. younger. Not yeah. even younger. Eight or man. something. Like the four, drum four or five years yeah. old. Yeah. Traps the drum. Traps wonder. the drum. Yeah. Wonder. And he had a the freaking. He had a Beatles. He cut had the page the boy haircut. The he had a page yeah. boy cut. That's like a mushroom sort of hair. Yeah, he looks like he could be shipped in the bass drum. Yep. Like he's smaller than that bass drum. Over they, there. He said that as it went on, they had to get bigger and bigger bass drums because he started to get taller. And then he was too old for oh, that. For yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I then he, he came out of nowhere in like 1938. Everybody was like, I wonder if he enjoyed it. I wonder if he like guy. if he liked it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Thinking like as his, as his parents, you know. There must be an interview somewhere. I'm thinking about my daughter. About like it. if I. If I had her out playing drums. Yeah, because it was like a family affair, too. Yeah. You know, there is a recording of, of Buddy Rich playing when he's little, and it's the technique. He's got the same technique. Wow. It's like, you know, he's on, like, blocks. Is he, snare. like, a teenager? I think he's, like, six, maybe, or seven. Oh, really? A little? Oh, I've never heard that. I think so. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's they maybe? call him Pally, I think. It's like a, they have a whole thing. Or Pally. Let's yeah. step outside, Pally. His, wow. The, the, I never it's heard that. It's just a silly, yeah. Pally. It's really hey, yeah, very musical theatery. Yeah. yeah Is it decent fidelity? Like you can hear oh, what's no, going on? Oh, no, it's terrible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely awful. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about, though, Terry. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's uh, I love that. I love those old recordings. It might have even been uh, like recorded on a cylinder. Yeah. Perfect doubles. Like doubles on like the rim. Right. You know, just totally even. Yeah. Terry, do you remember Dick Cully? Oh, my God. Is he still alive? I think so. Yeah. Somehow. This, he, he, <laughs> Somehow. He, he, he is like one of the original sort of Bon or uh, Buddy Rich, like t- copiers. He, lo- he loved like, he loved strong drink. Oh, I don't <laughs> as know much that. as that. Was he around here? Dick, he was Dick was Dick, he, he's yeah he's, he's great big band player. I think he's from Florida. He's still oh my god, but, oh. but he played. He could yeah, do look all about that good, Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich, yeah, Buddy he, stuff. Yeah. So what he did, he he did, and you. The reason that it came to mind was because yeah. you were talking about on the hoop. Yeah, Which, oh, oh, just yeah, does yeah. those singles right. just on the rim, and it's like yeah. there's yeah, no. no. He, came, right, right. he came to the drum shop in 2000. Uh, yeah, Terry came you, here to this you, location. No, the no, one no, no, downtown. 
this is yeah when we were downtown. Oh right. I'm right. just I'm wondering were you there? Because George, I don't think you were there. Mm-mm. This is probably because yeah. Is this old five ish? Did he do like a clinic or something? It was. You could call it that. He just kind of played. It was just for fun. Joel Spencer actually played the the night. He him wow. and his wife they. It was in the Fine Arts Building. We were in yeah. the Fine Arts Building. They played. Yeah. It was so beautiful in there, listening to the jazz, like uh, ricochet through the corridors. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Was really wonderful kind of like, and I remember I, I went downstairs and a bunch of the drum show guys were all smoking cigarettes in the, like, hey. in the bathroom. It was oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Don't rat us yeah. out. <laughs> did, did you come to that one, though? Uh, you know, I know I, I knew... Somebody that worked there at the time because I everyone sold. came to that. There was a bus. We bust everyone out. No, I wasn't. Oh at that. wow! No, no. This would yeah. have been like two thousand five, maybe. I did oh. study with uh, Joel Spencer a few lessons where he just talked about stuff. What do you think of Joel? <laughs> oh, he's a, a nice, great drummer, nice guy. You know. Yeah, he's 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 got some. What about you, George? Do you, do you know I Joel haven't seen well? Joel for a long time, but yeah, I love Joel. Joel's a great he's got a cat. Lot of, a lot of marching. Marching in him, at least. Yeah. yeah, he's got a lot of history. You know, he played with a lot of people. You ever seen a left hand like that before? Yeah, like he's the, like, like yeah. He'll, he'll just do right. Yeah, know, he'll keep it. It'll be moving. Yeah, like perpetually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perpetual yeah. motion. I think that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> it does. And brushes, brushes, really. Yeah, yeah. He he has really good technique. Like, you can do doubles. I need to trim my fingernails. <laughs> yeah, you can do it That's what you need is a nail clipper. Yeah, yeah. I need real, drum keys. Classy. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> can we zoom bu- in on that? That's how busy I am, though, man. I've got it puts the lotion in the basket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, tell me about. <laughs> tell me about. Uh, tell me about John Bottom, Terry. John Bottom, <laughs> he was the man. He played his ass off like no one you ever heard before, and no one since. Although but, George, I do think George is like. Do you remember uh, Men in Black, where the alien stuffed movie. himself in Vincent D'Onofrio's body? Sometimes I do think that Bottom has <laughs> taken ridiculous. over George's body. Because he plays just like him, but also Sugar. too. Here's the thing: where you could rake in the cash is your natural ability very quickly to tune exactly like Bottom. That in and of itself, I do think play some the drums, of that is dude. like it's it's a it's the touch thing though too. Totally, you know, That's it's tuning saying. and it's people always want to the get tune the sound out of the drum. I'm telling you, you can do clinics where you just tune, man. Show hey, up. He's gonna he's gonna come up and he's gonna be like, sugar and water. <laughs> what? what? That sounds like Sean Connery. Okay? Yeah, that sugar. Like sugar. sugar and water. <laughs> that, that's what happened in Men in oh, Black. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, because he's a cockroach. I'm not as up on he's those He's a movies. cockroach. Stuff. Oh, it's a you're right. It's one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Memories right. like Edgar, yeah, Edgar, yeah. Edgar's skin is hanging off her bones. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you made the reference for crying out loud. That's one of my favorite movies. That movie's so great. Yeah, that's George. It's George Bonham. George from Birmingham. No, but, that's not. Yeah, yeah that's not true. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, some of those uh, other other drummers with a similar background. Oh, man, what's his name? Uh, uh, red hair. Uh, Ginger Baker. Yeah, Ginger Baker. He, <laughs> he's he's uh, from from the the Isles. The yes. Isles of Britain, Britannia. Yeah, I don't know where he's from originally. I don't think he's from Birmingham <laughs> though. Uh, another maybe. great drummer from Scottish. Birmingham, great rock drummer is Bill Ward. Okay, I don't know. He's from that area. He played with Black Sabbath. Oh, and another guy who loved jazz. I was really into Black Sabbath. And another guy who loved jazz and and, and had a a, he had a real swing. He had a real swing. And then he rhymes masses with masses. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. You couldn't think of That tune's a little funky. Yeah, listen to his fills. It's his very kind of what's the word? Unorthodox yeah, yeah. approach, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna have very to cool. uh, Well yeah, George, George has to take off. We'll do this. Yeah, I'm sometime. sorry about that, but no, uh, no, no, yeah. no. But yeah, anyways, yes, by, yeah. All, by all means. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, we should probably go over. Terry, we can do we can do more later. Yeah, absolutely. I have about another hour. You want to continue? So why don't we can walk him over, and then we can just finish up, come back. Sounds good. That way everyone can go pee, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we that's, don't that's true, too. Here. Take but a anyways, pause yeah. for the cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah George, this is great. George, thanks oh, yeah, for coming. Sorry, yeah. Before we're you go, here. say a band that, that people should come check out, something you're doing other than the YouTube stuff. The, the Ooh, stuff, let's yeah. see. Something that's coming up. Well, um... When is this going to air? Uh, probably it? be a good month. Oh, so. I see. Yeah, I can't think of anything I have that far in advance. That's worth checking didn't, out. But, but you can go to my website. Did you used to play with Joey? I did. Yeah. So that's one yeah. thing we should say. Yeah. We should say he just passed away, and that's yeah. really, it really sucks. The very sad. Joey D. Francesco yeah. just passed Joey, away? Joey D. Francesco passed away last oh. week. And, oh, no. And, um, I know that. you know, uh, that's a huge loss. That's I mean, a yeah, massive loss for the jazz community, for the music community in general. But you know, he seemed like he was pretty healthy. He was the real deal. Just come out of nowhere. How, like. how yeah, old he was he? A, like 73, 74? No, 51. He yeah, was he was pretty young, than, young yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've Joe, got some really what? early albums. Joey yeah. DeFrancesco? The same guy, the organ player that used to play with all the time? Yeah. He still probably would have yeah. if he hadn't been. I, yeah. I saw I, you Why do I think him. he's like a... Yeah. At the showcase? I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just it's been um, like 10, 15 years yeah. ago. Yeah. I'm if you go when to was my, the last time you played with him? Uh November of uh, no, what am I saying? I played with him but he was playing tenor saxophone in June. Okay. This past June. <laughs> Only tenor? He didn't even Only tenor. It was just hey, a one-off it's a gig. To bring it was a one-off gig at at the saxophone shop in Evanston. So that's it was like cool, a thing man. he did while he was in town. Is that a place that's there still? Saxophone shop? Yeah, in Evanston, yeah. Whoa. And he played mm -hmm. trumpet. And he played trumpet. He's just drums? He, he was phenomenally talented. He played I'm a little drums. Yeah, I'm sure he, he could swing. He could play time. Yeah, yeah. But he learned trumpet and he learned tenor sax all yeah. just by, you know. Yeah, Joey, we, we miss phenomenal. him. Phenomenal. Yeah, we're going to miss him. 51. 51, yeah. Younger than you and me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had a heart attack. But, oh, yeah, God, if you want to know what I'm doing, just go to the website. Yeah, no, for sure. Just my name.com, georgeflutus.com. George I, I try to keep the the show's part of it updated. So, sure. As a matter of fact, I need to do that. I need to update and add. add yeah, some. yeah, yeah. So yeah. don't forget about Bon Homology as well. Do you have like YouTube. your own jazz quartet or trio? That no, I'm, I don't have anything that I'm doing currently that's too busy as a leader. To have your I've own. had, it, it, you know, it, it, it varies. Like sometimes I'm at Andy's, I'll have a residency there. Or, okay, so maybe check him out at, at Andy's. Winters. Yeah, George's yeah. going to be playing at Andy's a bunch. That's a great, great club. Yeah, the Green Mill, the Jazz Showcase, places like that. I yeah. just watched, uh, did you know Barrett? Barrett Deems? Oh, sure, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Next podcast, we'll bring him up. <laughs> I yeah, just I knew video. Barrett. Andy's had his kit. Did you ever see his yeah, kit? Yeah, I used to play that kit all the time. Oh, that's cool. Man. That was the house kit. And now, and actually, I played it a Terry, couple months ago. Terry, you remember him from the drum show? I remember him. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Barrett. I remember was, he played it. What was the drum? He played the. We drove on Milwaukee there. across from the. He played, he had a, week, a monthly gig there at the Blue Note or something. He called the Elbow Room on Lincoln. I thought he. Right, I know Elbow Room. That's a great place. But, but. I thought he had. What's it? Blue note. Regular weekly night. The note. Remember place called the note. The note. Yeah. I think he played right. a regular thing there at the I note. I think you're right. And that was on note. Milwaukee. Yeah, I think I south think so. of North Avenue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We gotta go. So, so anyway, yeah. Anyway, George, we'll see you next time. Are you Terry? We're gonna hang.